Fernando gets a crossing. It's towards Wilmer. Chastain will take it. She missed a penalty kick against China in the Algarve Cup and they lost that game. Go! Lloyd with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! Welcome to Settle the Score, a podcast about the 2019 World Cup. I'm Allison. And I'm Madeline. And we are here to get you psyched. You know, Allison, are we are we talking about the Rugby World Cup? No, Madeline. No, we're not. Okay. So 2019 World Cup. Are we talking about the Cricket World Cup? No. No, we're not. Oh, what World Cup are we talking about here? We are talking about the Women's World Cup, the most important World Cup there is, women's soccer featuring the defending champions, the U.S. Women's National Team. Oh, hell yeah. In (laughs) case anybody couldn't tell, we're obviously rooting for the United States of America. Look, the Men's World Cup, and it should be called the Men's World Cup, by the way. You might be more familiar with it. It gets a lot of attention every year. But the Women's World Cup is, frankly, more exciting. Far more. Yes. The storylines? Incredible. The play is top-notch, and getting into it automatically makes you a feminist. So, major bonus. Bonus! On this podcast, we're going to delve into all things 2019 World Cup related, hence... Notice I dropped the women. Just 2019 World Cup. What we're going to do between now and June 7th, 2019, is get you ready to fully enjoy the greatest sports tournament in the world. So who are we? We're Madeline and Allison, two comedians and writers. We also do like a few other things. Here and there. But mostly those things. And we happen to love soccer and especially women's soccer. Now, are we soccer experts? Mm, no. no, no, we're not. No, I'm not a professional commentator. I don't pretend to be either. I have read three tactics books. Does that count? <laughs> That's three more than me. Okay, yeah, you know, and like I, I get sometimes very nervous when I'm talking about tactics or sports. Maybe as a woman, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but being in a bar, maybe watching a game, and a man comes up to me, he's like, "Hey, do you like football?" And then suddenly you're on a quiz show. <laughs> like, what team do you root for? Who's their coach? How many players do they have? It's like, is this the Tottenham Inquisition? (laughs) Jeez. So, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous, but that's what we want to demystify here. The best things about soccer are the drama. Yes, drama. And that's what we're going to serve to you. Yes, tactics, but yes, drama. Drama, yes. Absolutely. We love it. So whether you are a longtime tactician or someone who wants a primer to the sport for the 2019 World Cup, that's what you're going to get here. We'll be podcasting bi-weekly, theoretically, until the World Cup. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. And once it's underway, we will bring you at least tri-weekly coverage of all the excitement. Oh, man. This is going to be truly amazing. Soccer-tacular. (laughs) <laughs> can I say soccer-tacular? You can. All right. There's nothing against it. So let's just get into it. I think we should start by each of us talking a little bit more about how we came to love soccer, our soccer journeys. Yep. Allison, why don't you start? Oh, boy. Um, 
as most little girls in the United States, soccer starts at what, four, five years old. You join a rec league, you get a jersey that's three sizes too big for you, shorts (laughs) that fall off that your mom has to like tie to your waist, and cute little shin guards and cleats. From there, I played rec soccer for couple of years, probably five, six years until I was old enough to try out for those travel teams that were, you know, super exciting, super elusive. Luckily, made the travel team, Ugh. traveled. My poor parents staying in hotel after hotel, weekend after weekend. My parents were like, no. <laughs> they were sane parents. My poor parents went through it with me and then my brother. You were probably better at sports than I was, though. <laughs> Guaranteed. I had a fair amount of coordination. So we, yeah, travel soccer for many, many years, played middle school soccer, played high school varsity soccer, ended up quitting a little early, didn't play my senior year or my junior year because I really got into volleyball. I'm sorry, I shouldn't mention that here. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> to be honest. I Get out of here. You can join me next week for my volleyball podcast. No, and I will protest that <laughs> podcast every single week. No, uh, I, no hate to volleyball. You, I'm sorry. You it's still like yay women. Yeah, yay women. We love yeah. all women's sports here. I will say the outfits are a little more revealing in volleyball <laughs> than soccer. And that's why, why uh, the reason why I maybe get a little more attention. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so a lot of soccer for me. And then in college, you know, intramural, pickup games, that kind of stuff. Nothing major. And then how did you know that you loved the U.S. women's national team? How did I know? My God. Um... I remember watching the 1999 World Cup, and I remember the rip of Brandy Chastain. Yep. The rip-off of the shirt. And from that moment on, I was in love with women's sports. I have to say, if you asked me that question, I would give you the same exact answer. Would you? It would be that very moment. And in fact, after that happened, I asked my mom to go buy me... (laughs) <laughs> the black sports bra. I think I've told you this story before. You did mention that. That's fantastic. Go buy the black sports bra for me because I was playing soccer at that time, though not very well. Uh, I ended up playing varsity field hockey in college. And now when people are like, oh, did you play soccer? I'm like, not really. But I did for I was playing at the Brandy Chastain moment. And then my team, like a month later, won our championship. <laughs> And when we did won, it come, did it come off? I ripped off the shirt <laughs> to reveal my Brandy Chastain sports bra, and my I got in so much trouble. <laughs> you were like, ele- how old were you? I think I must have been eleven. Yeah, I mean that might be why. My mom was like, "There are fathers around." <laughs> I did not understand. Although I do you, understand now. You- <laughs> it's a sad world we live in now. Uh, but if you remember, there was a fair amount of backlash at that time. Right. Too. It was very controversial. It was wildly controversial. Which is insane. Men ripped their shirts off on the regular. On the subway, on the way here, they ripped. One guy ripped his shirt. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my the the most exciting way to explain my involvement with soccer is one time... I'm an adult soccer fan. I loved I loved it in that moment. And then I kind of forgot about it for a long time because it was hard to watch. Yeah. And then I remember after the 2011 World Cup being like, wait a minute, they're, they broadcast the games more and kind of like living in my own apartment and being like, oh, I have cable. I can, oh. I have sports channels. I can record these. 
and I got very obsessed with the ladies. I just thought they were all so amazing and powerful and I was sort of struggling in my comedy career and feeling like the only girl in the writer's room, the only woman in the writer's room a lot of times and that just being really hard and I would go and look at these women being badass sports heroes and then I, one time at my day job, I went outside and I like started waving at this face I recognized. <laughs> and then I realized it was Kelly O'Hara, defender <laughs> on the national team. And I just happened to recognize, I couldn't put it together where I knew her from fast enough. So you just started waving. I just started waving as if off. we were an old friend. Just old friends. Old chum. Mm-hmm. And then I ran. And then my friends, I was to her or away, away from her, from her oh. in, in embarrassment. <laughs> my friends, I was with forced me to say hi to her and she's like oh so you like must have played soccer your whole life and I was like absolutely not no I just love you so 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 much that's yeah that she was it was very awkward but we're best friends now so obviously yeah she lives in Brooklyn we think we we're pretty sure we're in Brooklyn at least part of the time so Kelly hi (laughs) want to come over and be on our podcast maybe maybe one day yeah sure so yeah, that's how I think that sums up how I love soccer. I, it's also a way it's a nice thing to talk about with my dad was also yeah. partially. I was thinking about it actually on the way over here. And both of our fathers are, I would say, bigger women's soccer fans than our moms. Would you say that? Oh, I don't think my mom cares even a little. Yeah. And I'd say my dad cares almost as much as me. Which is a lot, ladies and gents. It's that's a, lot. a lot. He cares a lot. I think that's great. I mean, my dad too, he... He was the weekend warrior father. He like would come to games. I think he he definitely coached me one year in rec because that year we were the Blue Angels, and then we got <laughs> our jerseys printed and they said Blue Angles. Oh boy, <laughs> which was uh, not know, not threatening not, in any way. Not threatening. I think they remade <laughs> them, but I think we definitely played a game or two as the Blue Angles. Uh, I don't think that was all on my dad, but nevertheless, it's a, a joyous memory. But yeah, it's it's cool that they have been such big fans. And I know my dad has like encouraged me to watch or he's texted me when the game is on or has wanted to like go to a game together, which hasn't happened yet because we live far away from each other right now. But I love his support of the women's game. He's really he's very much into it. So dads support women's sports. Yeah. You just get to watch twice as many sports, right? Right. Like just that is the simplest equation of all. Yeah. If you watch men's and women's sports, you get to watch twice the amount of sports. Wow. And <laughs> I it seems to me dads have infinite time to watch sports somehow, so well, it just works out. My dad's retiring soon, so perhaps. Oh yeah. Oh, he's he going to be all into women's curling. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't into women's curling, Madeline? <sighs> We've already established that we have to be really excited about all women's sports. Yeah. So I guess I'll say I'm very I, into women's curling. I really enjoy <laughs> curling. I mean, once a year when the Olympic, I mean, once a year, once every four years when the Olympic rolls around, but I do enjoy it. It's a good uh-huh. sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we tell our listeners how we met? Absolutely. I think it's a good story because yeah. I think it illustrates how difficult it used to be to find other women's soccer fans. Yeah. It's not quite as hard now, but I remember when I was the only person. People in the United States didn't even watch soccer that much like six years ago. Not even men's. No. And they still don't. Not, I don't think. Not as much. I think it's better. Oh, it's better, but in terms of like European, like when you're... Oh, not even close. Yeah. Those guys, they live and breathe it on a daily basis. So I met Madeline, gosh, it's been a couple of years now, two, three years 
I think it's been three years. Wow. I took, I moved to New York and I, I work in medicine. And while that is wonderful, uh, I needed some other type of avenue, some other way to express my creativity. And I loved writing and comedy and putting A and B together. I looked up some sketch writing classes at UCB and I went to Sketch 101. I had this random teacher, Madeline Baldanzi. So random. <laughs> so random. Who I'd, I'd wanted actually a woman teacher, a female teacher, and got lucky and chose her class because it worked with my time and my schedule. And it was a phenomenal first look into sketch. Maybe not the best class. Oh, thank you so much. But it was a phenomenal first move into sketch. I have no comment on any of that. <laughs> but I was like, I was like teaching this class, whatever. I'm like, oh, this woman is wearing a U- U.S. Women's National Team shirt. This never happens. Never. This never happens. And it was so easy to just be like, will you please watch soccer with me? <laughs> because there's no one. I had not like met anybody. I had one friend and she moved to L.A. It was a fortuitous meeting. It really was. I. They were getting... I don't even know why I wore it. They weren't playing right then, were they? Well, that's how I knew you it were was legit. True. Yeah, it was the it was the World Cup T shirt from when they won last time that had the three different years on it. World champions, world champions. Yeah, the one with the gold lettering. I love that shirt. I've worn it out almost. Wore that short shirt. Madeline immediately was like, "Will you watch soccer with me?" <laughs> I was a little starstruck, mind you. I mean, this was like my <laughs> sketch teacher. Like now you know had... how dumb. That is. <laughs> not true. It's still pretty awesome. No, but she like. Not you know, taught all these classes. She was really involved in UCB. And if you're anywhere in and around the New York area, like that was, that's a big deal. And so like, I was like, yeah, I'll watch soccer with you. So then we started watching soccer together. And that was it. And that was it. And that same shirt that I wore that day, two years ago, today, it popped up on one of those weird timeline things that tells you, I got that shirt signed by a lovely Hope Solo. Oh, yes. That was one of the best things we ever did. Can you believe did. that was two years ago? We met Hope Solo. We stood in line forever. For... How long was that line? I don't know. But you were like, should we bail? Should we do? Should we? No, we, we didn't. Did not. We did not bail. We went through with it. And we had some weird energy bars. We were in a Bed Bath & Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond. And they made us buy a box of energy bars, which was <laughs> unclear at the start. But then we'd been waiting in the line so long. Well, they said that's the only thing you could get signed, which ended up she signed whatever. Because Hope is so nice. Yeah. She's so nice. Yeah. Do we sound like crazy fans yet? Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Well, we are. So there we go. So that's how we met. Yeah. Well, that's kind That's us. Yeah. That's who we are. Now you know who's talking at you. Now you probably are like, well, tell me about the women's national team. That's why I'm here. So let's give you a little historical rundown. Mm -hmm. So I believe the team was around in the 80s, but there wasn't any kind of national tournament until 1991. And that is the first year there was the World Cup. And who won that one? Oh, who won it? Who was it? Huh? Was it? Do we have three stars on our jersey? Oh, one, two, three. Yes. Yes, Yes. we do. We have three. 1991, yes. We won against Norway. Michelle Akers is someone you should know. She has beautiful curly hair. I'm (laughs) going to, I can't immediately describe all these women by their appearances. (laughs) Just by their hair. That's all I want. Okay. Straight, curly, blonde, brunette, black. Just Michelle Akers has outstanding hair. (laughs) I feel like that's why she was able to head the ball so well. 
the bounce in the her hair. The bounce in her hair. Okay, that's... Translated into the... Was that offensive? Okay, now we sound like psychos. <laughs> Crazy stalkers. Sorry. So then, in 1995, we had a drought. Things didn't go well for a while. 1995, we didn't win. We lost. We came in third. And I think that in some ways, in retrospect, it's a good thing when we lose. Yeah. Because people accuse the United States of being so good because we are a country, which what I'm about to say is insane, that is way more progressive about women's rights than other countries. So we have more money to make our team better and so are often the best team in the world. But we didn't win that second World Cup. We didn't even come in second. So it is just a testament to how hard it actually is to win a World Cup. Especially back-to-back World Cups. It has never happened, folks. Will it happen this summer? Yes. Yes. Yes, Oh, boy. Oh, (laughs) we're going to feel foolish if that doesn't come true. If they go out in the group stage or something, which listeners will not happen, we'll explain that later. I don't, we'd have to just stop doing the podcast. I don't know. I mean, I know enough about the other teams, but. Uh, We could, yeah, that could be ugly. (laughs) We could fumble our way through. (laughs) But if it was like France or England, like if it was like somebody else that we kind of knew their players, then maybe. Yeah. But again, it's a moot point. So then in 1999, that was like a banner year. Banner year. Huge. It kind of changed everything. There I was this so. amazing group of players. And this, these are the players we remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy, Christine Lilly, Brandy Chastain. And yeah. they won. And this is when Brandy Chastain ripped off her shirt. And it was in the United States. So that's kind of when women's soccer was at a fever pitch. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't win it again. For a long time. Until well, what felt like a long time. 2000. 15. Yay. That was the best. That, that was, was truly the best. That was before I knew you. It was, yeah. Because I went to the ticker tape parade that they threw here in New York by myself. And completely I, by myself. I went with my friend Katie. We won my friend who moved to Los Angeles. Mm. We got tickets to the ceremony Ugh. and we got to see them. But then we didn't see the parade. So it was. Yeah. But it was very exciting. It it was really cool. Like, and it was so cool to see that many people lining the streets for this. I mean, these amazing girls. I should mention what happened in those World Cups in between the three long losing World Cup years that we had. 2003 and 2007, we went out early. We stunk. So anyone who's like, oh, the U.S. women always win, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> And then in 2011, it was heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. There were some very, very exciting lead-up games. The Brazil game, which you heard in the intro to this podcast, was absolutely thrilling. Abby Wambach was top of my list. Yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy in the women's soccer fan tactics community about whether Abby was a good thing or a bad thing for a long time, but I just love her. Yeah, I mean, she's like the mama goose of the team. And we can get into theories later, but it's my theory at the last World Cup that she was pseudo-coaching the team. Yeah. Anywho, we'll get into (laughs) all of my weird opinions shortly. (laughs) Down the road. But in 2011, we got to the final, and there had just been that tsunami in Japan, and we lost to them, and it was so heartbreaking. I cried. Yeah. I was 25, and I was weeping. That's (laughs) not okay. Weeping openly, yeah. But it was also sort of like Japan. Right. How It was kind of beautiful. Yeah. yeah. 
And then in 2015, we domination beat them in a revenge yeah. match where Carly Lloyd scored four goals. One of the sounds we have in the opening is Carly Lloyd scoring a goal in that final from the 50-yard line. It was phenomenal. It was 5-2. to 5-2. to 5-2. to two. And I believe Carly scored, scored four of those goals. Carly Lloyd, of course, being a an excellent midfielder for the team. But this is the thing about this. It caused problems. It's yeah. causing problems yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Because Carly is this revered person yeah. now. She had a great game at the best possible time. Right. And I think she's got to go. Yeah. Well, she's not going anywhere this year. No, she's no. not. She's not at all. And I like Carly Lloyd. I do. Mike, well, she did not do well in the Olympics under that type of pressure. And that's something that we're sad to talk about. Yeah. Ah, uh, the Olympics. <laughs> so, oh, this we experienced together. together. This was a real treat. <laughs> this was early on in our friendship, and I was worried we wouldn't be able to watch soccer <laughs> games together. We were in a terrible bar. So in men's soccer, if, you watch, if you're a fan of men's soccer, the Olympics are not important. It's, it's more of an amateur tournament. Yeah. Nobody really cares about it. But for women's soccer, there's so few tournaments. It's basically the World Cup and the Olympics. We don't have, you know, an awesome Champions League. We don't have, you know, CONCACAF tournaments. It's the Olympics and the World Cup. And you want to win the Olympics almost as much as you want to yeah. win the World Cup. And boy, did we go out early. Oh, my gosh. First knockout. First knockout game against Sweden. Sweden. It was I say against Pia. We should explain (laughs) who Pia is. Uh, Yes. Pia was with us for how long? How many years? She was with us for a while as one of our coaches. And then she went and she left and she started coaching with Sweden. And she, she has a very... I, I say she's stylistic, right? She's got a very particular style of play. And yes. it It's a system that works. It's a system that works, and it's a system that she knew could take us down. She also has beautiful silver hair. <laughs> Again, our hair descriptions. She, she played a game that would beat us. 2008 to 2012. So did, a while. Did not win a World Cup with her. No. But got to the final and won many Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. They parked the bus, essentially, because Pia knew that we wouldn't be able to handle a stagnant team because we outrun teams. Right. United States is a very physical team. Yeah. So they just parked the bus and we couldn't score. And we they couldn't s- get into their third of the field. Like, they were just a brick wall. And they snuck one in. Mm-hmm. So that was horrible. It was shocking. Yeah. Sweden... We shouldn't be losing to Sweden. No. And I think the fact that it was Pia put us in our heads. Thankfully, Pia is no longer with the Swedish national team. And that's important because guess who's in our World Cup group? Sweden. Sweden. Naturally. We should probably talk about what happened after Pia. Yeah. We got this coach, Tom Sermani, mm-hmm. and he wanted to implement more of a like Barcelona-like system mm-hmm. into the U.S. women's national team. Oh, The U.S. women are very tall compared to other teams, very physical. So we've always been playing this system of kick the ball to the tallest player and let them head it in, which worked really well. And Tom was trying to change things up in a new 
world soccer system as other teams were getting better, thankfully, right? Because that means places are putting more money into women's soccer. But then we lost the Algarve Cup. Yeah. Last place, which was, it's not to good teams. And they fired him. Yeah. I think that was the incorrect decision. It takes a while to implement a new system. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to implement this new system and immediately win a tournament. He was not given a chance. And then what I'm really getting to here is we got an interim coach, Jill Ellis. (laughs) Madeline loves Jill Ellis. I might be Jill Ellis's biggest unfan. Unfan. I'll take it. I can't stand I think so. And unfortunately, I think she accidentally stayed out of the way enough to let the team win the 2015 World Cup, and now she'll be our coach forever. Yeah. She is clueless. Sorry, Jill Ellis, if you hear this, I think you're clueless. I'm sorry. I think you have the most talent in the world, and you are doing nothing with it. Did you see the Instagram video of her talking to the team? No. She was like, hey, gals, you guys are the best, so just do your stuff. Like that that was her message to the team. At that point, that's a figurehead. Yeah. You know, that's not a coach. I mean, you have individual coaches and for like, you know, you have your goalkeeping coach, you have other people there surrounding the team, your fitness coaching, that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's her that gets to make these calls. And if she's unqualified or. Well, that was one of the problems with losing the Olympic Games in 2016 was. Megan Rapinoe, incredible hair. <laughs> incredible hair. Like, that's justified because she truly has yeah, maybe the does. best hair on the team. Whoa. Ashlyn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> we'll get to Ashlyn in a little while. Yeah. But Megan's haircut is iconic. It is. People copy her haircut. I believe that. Maybe I'll copy. No, I can't do that. <laughs> no, you I have would lovely not look good hair. Like that. You have lovely hair. That's don't, very sweet. Don't cut off all your hair. You can if you. You should do whatever you want. You look great no, no matter I what. I couldn't but. cut it off. I couldn't cut it off and stay brunette. But she had been out for a really long time. Yeah. And then in this game where it's clear that it's going into overtime, she subs Megan in, mm-hmm. but then Megan can't play that long because she hasn't played it. So she wastes one of her subs subbing the same person that she subbed out with someone new. Yeah. It was as if she had never coached a game of soccer before. Yeah. It was bananas. She, the coach lost that game. And that that game was the downfall of Hope Solo. Yeah. Because that was the game where afterwards she made the comments of... The cowards. She called Sweden cowards, which Ronaldo freaking says that... crap all the time men's players say that crap all the time and they fired her but it was essentially a reason to get her out of the way because she was one of the players that was going for equal pay the hardest the collective bargaining agreement the cba yeah guys are you hearing this drama see women's sports are interesting we haven't even really talked about the on-field like i mean we have a little bit but like all the stuff surrounding it fascinating so that sort of leads us to where we are today kind of coming off a big loss. We're big, yeah. big giant losers. Although we haven't lost a game in over a year. No. It's been a... Because we haven't been going to the games, Madeline. Oh. Every time we go in person to a game, it doesn't end well. I mean, you have to tell them about the She Believes Cup. She Believes Cup, first off, this was two years ago, not this most recent cup, but the one before that. 
in the New York metropolitan area. Uh, they play at the Red Bull Stadium in New Jersey when they come here. And it was the coldest, most frigid day night imaginable. They, I remember hearing commentary on the game about how those fans that stayed for the games, because again, it was two matches that you got to enjoy enjoy theoretically uh (laughs) it was it was so cold they were like likening it to to torture to be sitting out in that weather i don't remember the actual temperature but with the wind chills it was it was brutal i think the actual temperature was like 16 degrees yeah it was below 20 for sure i don't know if it dipped into the single digits but to be sitting and again this is two two full matches we watched we shouldn't have tried to go to the first first one because the u.s was playing second yeah I was a full icicle hindsight by that second one. We had hand warmers. We put them everywhere. I don't know why we didn't get drunk. Well, we, I only, that's a good point. We, I bought little (laughs) bottles of fireball in and that saved us. That saved us because we had those around like halftime or something just to like try to feel warm on the inside again. And that was what pulled us through, but they ended up losing it was one of the saddest days was of my like- life. Is that <laughs> pathetic? It just felt I was so angry at them for making me sit, sit in the through cold. that. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if one of us had lost a digit. <laughs> I know it was really bad, and our other friend couldn't couldn't hack it. Alyssa she left, left which was the right choice. <laughs> she left like ten minutes into the U.S. game. Yeah, we really handled that badly. Yeah, we did. What what you learn you live and you learn yeah so that's where we are now that's that's what we're walking into with this World Cup and the draw has already happened we are in Group F yay Group F is Chile Thailand and Sweden dun 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 Sweden is the only interesting game here yeah. Thailand and Chile we actually just played Chile. We beat them. Yeah. I think that will be fine. Thailand yeah. is a very new team. I believe this yeah. is their first World Cup. Yeah. So we'll beat them no problem. Yeah, that and should be no problem. The way the women's tournament works is even if you lose one of your games, you're guaranteed you're to gonna go advance. Through. And I like the fact that we play Sweden last mm. out of those matches because theoretically we will have our birth guaranteed at that point. We'll have won, mm-hmm. hopefully, both of the previous matches. And then we can go into this match against Sweden A little bit more lighthearted. Like, of course, we want to beat them to be moving forward. But I feel like that will set us up to play better. Because it won't have the pressure. It won't have the pressure. We'll be... I mean, we still need to play to win because sometimes teams just forget that winning is important. And it is important. But I think a little bit of pressure off seeing Sweden again, although we've seen them once already since the the last loss. I think it's just going to be helpful to kind of go in, get that get that kind of i don't know what's it called momentum that's what it's called <laughs> i was gonna say joie de vie that was not the Can right we use yours that sounds so the much team fancier. needs their joie de vie it does need their joie de vie and i want i wonder well i don't know if this player i don't even know if we weren't going to talk about it on this podcast or this go around but the hinkle question mark I have a big question with ah. moving forward, which we can address later. I worry about team dynamics. With I that. mean, let's get into it. Well, she was called up to camp, and she was named for the Tournament of Nations roster. I don't know if that means that she will be named for the World Cup. She's kind of one of those bubble players, in my opinion, where she could be called up, she could not be. 
But I think, I think going forward, if this, I don't know what it's, I'm not on the team, so I don't know what that team dynamic is like with her on it right now, but with the amount of gay or lesbian queer players that are on this team and her stance that she's taken. Well, I think we need to explain what happened. Yes. If some of our listeners may not know. So she... It's atrocious and she shouldn't be allowed to play. So in... When the same-sex marriage equality was passed back in 2015, her response was, the world is falling further and further away from God. All that can be done for believers is to continue to pray. And that, like, (sighs) (laughs) that in itself wasn't, like, that was bad enough. But she went on, there's some other stuff on her Instagram and stuff, which she hasn't, she then went on the 700 Club. And I think that's where that quote is maybe from. That might be incorrect, but she went on the 700 club and she talked about how, um, no, I'm sorry. That quote was separate. That was at the time. There's a, she went on the 700 club after she was called up to play some friendlies this past year, but that was when they were going to be wearing the rainbow numbers and she like wouldn't pri- play. And she wouldn't play. So I cannot imagine showing my face in that locker room, having said those things publicly, like who do you think you are? I, oh boy. I don't know. I just, that's why I wonder like what, like team dynamic is so important, especially going into a season like this. And I don't know if she's been able to reconcile those relationships with the teammates that she is questionably hurt or not. I mean, one half of your goalkeepers are <laughs> queer. Tr- truly, <laughs> truly yeah. one full half. Um, so I don't know. Like I just, I just think there's so much depth if Jill Ellis does that, she's a true idiot, right? There's, there's, I know people are like, oh, we've got a, like a lack of depth at center back, but that's, yeah, that's not really, true. I don't think, I don't think throwing like this into your team dynamics, even if she's the best player in the world is going to, it's going to help. And I actually, I mean, I understand where, I understand where she's coming from. She has a, like a solid Christian background, I came from a somewhat similar background. I actually just came from a conference that's all about LGBT Christians. So, like, I I live in this tension, and I understand that that tension exists. But there there are ways to kind of live in the tension and love people well. And I feel like making public statements that kind of put down or kind of, yeah, put down this group of people especially when the group of people are your teammates. That's not what being a team is about to me. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, if you were on the team, would oh. you play with her? Like, I, I don't think I could trust her on the field. It, it's really hard because it's like, it's, it's an you're honor to play for your country. Like yeah. So you're there to play for your country and our country is full of people with different beliefs and different, you know, systems and, and morals and whatnot. But it's it would be really hard to like be in community with that person because that's what that team is you know you're with them constantly so. i'm a firm no i'm yeah. a very firm i'm just like no yeah she can't be on the team i don't know what how it's going to play out but i think that's going to be really interesting because also look at your fan base the fan base for women's soccer is has has always had like an lgbtq bent towards it it always i mean it always has and I think by putting her on the team and by because of the comments she said, it's kind of giving like a little bit of a middle finger to like a huge portion of your fan base, which 
U.S. soccer, that's not smart. If you want to be cynical about it, it's kind of a bad business decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care to include homophobic fans. Like, go screw yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch men's sports. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about you. I don't want your fandom. Right. So that will be a really interesting, really interesting personnel decision to keep an eye on. I also think the Carly Lloyd decision is going to be fascinating as we head into this very easy group. Do you think, but decision is, I think that decision's been made. She will the be The decision's the been made, but I'm going to wonder how much she's going to play. I bet oh, she starts oh, against I Sweden, see. you know? Yeah. I, 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 I see her taking a huge part in these, Yeah. in, in this World Cup. I, I see that too. And I, I hope we see her take on these leadership responsibilities that she's had in the past. She's, I don't think she's a great leader. I, I don't I think, think she's, a, I was going to say, I take that back. Every quote Carly has in the media. And if, you know, if you want to come at me after this and be like, you're not giving Carly enough credit. She's a great player. She's all out for the program, blah, blah, blah. I'll take it. But you can't say that this isn't true. Every quote she has to the media is like, I'm a fighter. Anytime you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. I work really hard on myself. There's nothing better than someone telling me no. Right. And it's, yeah all about her that's a scrappy player but that's not a captain yeah that's not a captain yeah i agree i don't i don't see her having ever taken a big leadership role on this team she was pretty controversial with the stuff with hope yeah she always has been i think hope solo is a controversial person on the team i think she's wonderful (laughs) i do think she sowed some she stirred things up a little bit. And yeah. I think Carly was always on our side. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I'd I'd like to see Carly stay home. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll stay on the bench more. That's about as much as I can offer you. You're right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. In terms of captains, though, apart from Abby Wambach, I feel like great captains are defenders. Great defenders make great captains. But that's just me. Maybe because I was defense. Well, that's curious because of what's going on now. I want to know why that captain's armband got ripped away from Becky Sauerbrunn. Yeah, that's kind of what exactly. happened. The captain now is usually Alex. Yeah, which... Or Pino, who's been wearing the captain's armband? Alex has been, mostly. Mostly Alex. Maybe Carly when she comes on. Yeah. Alex Morgan, again, is a star. You don't make your star the captain. Why isn't it Becky? Yeah. Well, I feel like a captain and a star, both wildly important to the team, both have different, like your star player, the one who's putting the most balls in the back of the net, not necessarily the one who's going to be cohesive, who's going to be bringing the team together, who's going to be sacrificing their play for a teammate who has a better option to put the ball in the back of the net or, you know, what have you. I feel like that's not, not to say that Alex is a super, she's not a selfish player i don't mean to say no that, she's but not I just, a selfish player she's, i yeah she's lovely but i think also a captain has a lot on their plate they need to be thinking of ways to play cohesively whereas maybe you want your star just focusing on alex morgan game. just needs to be a goal machine yeah and that's what she is yeah she just won player of the year yeah Concacaf, and then she won the other one today she's been raking the awards yeah, yeah it was, she's having a great year yeah let her focus on it. Yeah, exactly. Should we s- explain who Becky Sauerbrunn is? I'm worried people listening won't always know. Her hair is... I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's she always wears it in a long braid and it's very blonde. Yeah, it's very blonde and she always has a, a pre-wrap in her hair. 
but it's um, <laughs> rolled, and Alex Morgan's is flat. flat. So Fair. I don't know how Alex Morgan gets it flat. Have you ever played with pre-wrap? We in did it hair? in high school, field hockey, and I always rolled mine. I always rolled mine because I can't, you can't keep it flat. Like, I could never keep it flat. I'm sure she has some she sort has of insane magic. spray. <laughs> she must, yeah. It's just magic. No, it's, no, you're right. It's, it's Alex magic. Morgan magic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. AMM. When she starts going scoring goals, we'll be like, AMM. AMM. Yeah, that's what it is. But Becky is one of the most unsung players oh on the gosh, team, yes. and she's... She has made some large mistakes in high pressure situations, but like two ever. Yeah. I think she's she's in her early 30s now. She's been around for a while yeah. and she's just been so such a dependable she's defender. She's consistent. And I want to know. And she was the captain. Yeah. And I want to know why she's not. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been able to find anything I'll on Jill. it. I'll call Jill. Call Jill. And I'll, I'll ask, ask her. And tell her from me. Meh. <laughs> I will let her know you give that verbal sound thank you you're welcome so that's going to be something interesting to watch is who is going to captain this team during the world cup because i'm almost certain during the last world cup they were playing terrible in the beginning of that world's cup and then there was one game they came back and it just changed they were playing a different system of soccer and i i i've heard a lot of people say that this is ludicrous but i think abby wambach was like listen gals don't listen to jill this is what we're going to do. And they listened to her and that's what happened. And that's how they won. Yeah. I think it was willfully ignoring Jill Ellis. When are we going to see Abby Wambach as coach? Probably I think never. it takes years. I think that's the problem. I it don't. Does, yeah. In men's soccer, it seems like you can be an ex player and become a coach, right? Like yeah. Zidane, right? Look at More him. quickly. Exactly. And in women's, they expect you to like go coach high school, then go to college. That like, right. what is that? Is that necessary? I think I've been. I'm. I'm. If you haven't, well, you probably couldn't tell yet. I'm a huge Ashlyn Harris fan and a huge Allie Krieger fan. I've loved Allie Krieger for a long time. I grew up in Virginia. She played in Virginia and you know she grew up in Northern Virginia and I'm a huge fan of her I follow her on Instagram and she has all these posts of all these camps she's doing she just got one of her like coaching license I think I mean maybe she's moving in that direction I mean I feel like with her coming off the team when she did which I'm still at like a shock I'm just shocked Jill Ellis's huge mistake or was Jill like come be coach I don't know like I'm just trying to salvage smart (laughs) she's not that smart I, I'm just trying to salvage, like, also, Allie was, like, what, three caps away from 100 or something? It Maybe mm-hmm. not three. It was very, very close. She was very close. Um, so I'm like, why? Why would you take this player off who won, like, who was on, like, the best 11 in a year, and yet you ha- don't have her called up? Anyways. When you don't have that many options for outside backs. Right. Like, and Kling isn't there right now. No. I think she was disposed of as well. I just I don't understand I don't understand that restructuring. I wish maybe somebody else can explain it to me better. But I think maybe in the future we'll see her and also Rampone. Nope, younger player than Heather her. O'Reilly. Yes, she's also been like working the coaching angle a lot lately. So maybe we'll see some of these lovely players come back. And you know this from following these players on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you learn a lot on Instagram, folks. There is a whole world of women's soccer on Instagram. Yeah, there's a plethora. <laughs> There's also like all these like catty side conversations in, they try to not, I will 
give them credit. They no longer have these like convos in like the comments of the players pictures that they post, but there's like 1 million fan pages and in the fan pages they have like these caddy back and forth conversations. Wait, the teens decided all together they were going to have their caddy conversations on a different page. Well, yeah, that well, maybe not all at once, but evolution the evolution took it to these side pages because I think they were oh, okay. having them on the players' Instagrams, like, in their comments, and I don't know, it just didn't look good, or maybe they, like, wisened up, or maybe they didn't want the players to see the conversations that they were having, because they were, like, anyways, they're they're on side platforms now, so. I'd say a lot of the uh, teenage interest in the sport, as I used to see on Tumblr often, was uh, shipping... Yes, players. You sound so old when you ship, say it that way. Shipping <laughs> players together, they ship them, and I'm gonna say that I w- still in my head participate. Yeah, I'm just gonna put that out there. I mean, yeah, for sure. There is a, a teenageiness to my fandom. I admit. I just think everyone should know. At, well, I feel like what is a fan if you don't do that a little bit in your head? So that kind of segues us into our next <laughs> short section of the podcast. We've talked about our group. We're going to play Sweden. We hope it goes well. Thailand and Chile, should we're not fine. that worried about. And the January camp roster is very interesting. Not a ton of surprises. We'll see what happens. But let's put a spotlight on a special player. Now, we're going to spotlight one player every podcast episode leading up to the World Cup so you can get to know them a little better. And Allison is going to spotlight her favorite player. My favorite. Ashlyn Harris. Ashlyn Harris. I think she's phenomenal. I love her. So who is she? Remind (laughs) me again. She is... I think I'm I'm super biased, and I admit that. I think she should be our starting keeper right now. Agree. I think... A listener may most likely take on that role, but I think she's not good. She's she's just not as aggressive. She's quiet as a mouse. She's quiet in the back or appears quiet in the back. Ashlyn has a voice. She commands her back line. She is aggressive and she takes calculated risks. She doesn't just fly out of the box all day, every day, but she takes calculated risks and she's like superwoman. She puts her body in positions in the air that I didn't know were possible for a human closest thing we have to hope solo closest thing we have who to could hope actually solo. still be playing yes. but ashlyn would be my second choice yeah absolutely yeah i think behind her french i mean i think she's going to do big things in the years to come don't understand why you'd pick nair over her no yeah exactly i would do ashlyn, ashlyn and then french yeah one and two which is maybe what we'll see do, actually do you think they're going to take all four no, i don't think they're going to take three right yeah, yeah. okay I don't well, think French is going to go. That bums me out. Yeah. She Anyways, should. She should. So Ashlyn. Ashlyn has played. She's been in the NWSL circuit for some time. Her current team is Orlando Pride. And she plays there with Allie Krieger, who I also love. And if you don't know how they're linked, I recommend a good Instagram search. Search? Oh, we have to talk search. about it. <laughs> she, well, it was very like uh, their relationship 
they had been, they have seemingly been together for years and years and years and years. They both played in Europe. They both played here in the United States together. Finally, they're on the same team together with the Pride. For a while, they'd been split, but they kind of followed each other around all the time. And they, you know, were in pictures together all the time. And there was all of the speculation online that they were together. Hashtag Crashlin was huge for some time. Yes. And it finally, finally came out that, well, I don't know. They're together now. They share a home together in or in and around the Orlando area. They have an adorable dog named Logan. They are much more free with what they're able to post. I think the thing to remember is that coming out as a professional athlete, even like five years ago, was a drastically different thing than it is today. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. They, it, it, and now like the time is past and they're clearly a couple and it's lovely. And it's lovely. And like there's so many people that are so happy for them and just love their story and you know what they've been able to accomplish I know so Ashlyn back to Ashlyn Allie will be another I feel like I still want to spotlight her even though she's not on the team anymore oh we can spotlight Allie (laughs) for sure but Ashlyn has now been kind of a backup for the well she was a backup for Hope for some time. Yes. Uh, and now she's kind of in this like contentious fight for the starting goalkeeper spot, which seems to have been favored towards Alyssa. Unfortunately, I would say it's decided. You think it's decided? Oh, I do. Is I'm this sorry. my blind hope? I think it is. <gasps> okay. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Maybe you'll be wrong. Uh, anyhow, that's kind of her life in the professional world. On the side, she's done a lot in fashion. She's done a lot of work with To Write Love on Her Arms, which is an amazing organization. And she's done a lot of work with them and with their story, giving hope to a lot of people, a lot of young girls, teenagers, men and women alike that have had different struggles in their lives with depression or, you know, suicide ideation. She's done a lot of amazing work with that group and she's done a lot of amazing work on her own. And so I'm just, I'm a huge fan. I think she is doing big things in her hometown of Orlando. And I think she's hopefully going to be doing amazing things for years to come in that area, whether it's with soccer or not in the future. I know she wants to get into fashion after she's done with soccer. So hopefully she'll do that. I don't want to beat the joke to death. Yeah. But she also actually has a really great hair. <laughs> she has amazing hair. And for those of you close followers, she's kind of gone back blonde in the past couple of weeks, which I think is her like pumping up, getting ready for the World Cup. Because previously she, the last World Cup, she was blonde. Then she went brunette. And she's brunette for been brunette for quite some time, cut off all of her hair after that World Cup and has been brunette. And now she's going back blonde and I, for one, am a huge fan. I take it as a good sign. Huge fan. I think so, too. Thank you, you she for wins when she's blonde. catching us up on Ashlyn. Yes, absolutely. We adore her. We The pod is a big fan. Pod is a fan. Of Ashlyn Harris. Well, that's pretty much our show for today. Yay. That's a little intro into us and our very brief thoughts on the team. A little history. Yep. They are playing France this Saturday in a warm-up game. A very, very exciting game. Yeah. And we will be talking about that in our next episode. Yep. If you would like to send us an email, you can do that at settlethescorepodcast at gmail.com or please tweet at us at at scorepod and we would love to argue with you about anything we said today. (laughs) Let us know if you're mad. Let us know if you agree or disagree. We want to hear it. If you have any ideas for things you'd like to hear covered in future podcasts. Things you want the scoop on. We can give you that scoop. We'll dig. All right. That's the end of the show. Allison, 
This was lovely. Truly lovely. Talk soccer with you anytime. (laughs) All day, every day. All right. Goodbye. Bye.